Oh, where'd it go, Caputo? We're off to I, a smashing start for our you. You missed season. the beat drop already, and <laughs> you know all the all these ears, all like the, the world's watching us right now. Like, oh my. Yeah, you know. You blew uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We don't Jesus. mind. This is more of a dud than that exploding barbed wire death match back in February. Oh, <laughs> listen! As an AEW fan, I I can rip on these guys, but I love them so. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're gonna get a little little music in, set the mood of the. This one for DJ Caputo. Roll down, Caputo. That's your DJ move? I have too many. I got mixed. We're listening to this is Young London covering the first song ever played on MTV. That's the only thing it's famous for. Because mm. it sure isn't a great song. It's just fun to fucking get started. Welcome to the season finale, everybody. Yeah, season two, the two year anniversary. Also, our season two finale, you know. Two and one, you know, we're just uh, crossing off the buckets, the bliss here. That's right, right. Two years that we have been. Uh, doing this, I see uh, Caputo's got his uh, CM Punk shirt on. I guess we know what. (laughs) I guess we know what you did on Sunday, bro. Literally, like the show of the year fucking happened. I, I, bro, I was amazed by that shit, man. Even I was watching on a bit of a delay, whatever, because I had to like rush home from something. But like, still, it was fucking awesome, man. That is literally the show of 2021, possibly the show of the decade. Just, just what happened, you know, everything. Listen, it was all great actions, great uh, great night of wrestling. The debuts at the end were just like icing on top. Yeah, that was a nice show. But tonight, we've got a good show for you here on Guns and Radio. Woo. Because we've got, we got a huge show put together for you. Uh, first off, we're going to be reviewing at the end of the show, as always... We're going to be reviewing Apocalyptic Love by Slash. That is our song of the day. We're going to be listening to some music from a lot of different people. And I mean a lot. We've got, we've got some great artists uh, lined up for you. As a matter of fact, I am going to go ahead and uh, be getting one of them queued up here. Because I want to hear your thoughts, Chris on right. one of these artists that we're going to review. Plus, the countdown ends tonight. Mm-hmm. We are counting down the final top 10 greatest moments of season 2 of the Guns Ooh. and Radio podcast. Yeah, yours truly will be counting down the top 10 later tonight. Uh so stay tuned for that because it's a really top 10 funniest moments in the show and they're pretty fucking hilarious. I'll give you that. 
Well, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't there, but I, okay, so let me tell you guys what happened. This was how booking this episode went. Chris was tasked with completing the top 10. I was tasked with getting our guests together, and nobody fucking <laughs> could make it tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and not even like the ghost of Paul Walker was at our 100th episode. He couldn't even fucking show up. I know, right? What's we got ghosted do? by ghosts. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, all he was going to do was drive up to us and give us that, that, that look. Yeah, you know, come up the in the one. Nissan Skyline and talk about Familia <laughs> and such. <laughs> oh, man. I, I tried to get Vin Diesel on, but he wouldn't shut the fuck up about family, so I lost interest yeah. in talking you to him. He wouldn't shut about family and John Cena. <laughs> oh, are they feuding now? That'd be great. Yeah, and then I was like, wait, you actually saw him, but you can't see him. Like, what? what? Yeah, ah, stupid. Ah, ah. <laughs> uh, and a little bit later, Jeff is going to be joining us, and Ooh. we're going to be looking into a song. We're going to be kind of reassessing uh, a song that we listened to on the show. Mm-hmm. Kind of see if it's, uh, which is absurd. And yeah. kind of see if now that the hype has died down, is it still as good as it was the night it was released? We're kind of gonna we're gonna be a little more clear headed, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about about the song "Absurd" a little more. And um, what do we need to give a fantasy football update? Because you're kicking my ass, and there ain't still. no way I can win. <laughs> Buddy, this the streak continues. <laughs> Like we'll just we'll just I, I I quit keeping up with it. It's like Caputo's gonna win every time. Fuck yeah, brother! I'm the Undertaker of this shit. Let's go, man. I bet on I I, I see I could, I might have had a chance had I picked absurd instead of, of hard school. I could have had a chance to at least tie. If that was Maybe. the case, I I would have like probably had to come over there and be like, what kind of like mystic shamanism is in your fucking head <laughs> that would have been the sixth sense right there i would have never have dreamed that they were gonna drop that I was, I was gonna say who's your source <laughs> <laughs> who do you know but, but uh you know it makes me think of uh back in the day on the message boards there was some guy that came on and gave us the lyrics to uh God, what song was it? I think it was Catcher in the Rye. Mm-hmm. It was one of those Chai Dem songs that hadn't leaked yet at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he put the lyrics out on there, and then everybody was an asshole to him, and he went away and quit posting. And then, sure enough, when the leaks dropped, he was telling the truth. Or whenever the songs came out, however they came out. One way or the other. So... Anywho, uh, we're going to be doing that today, but first I'm going to play a video for Caputo here, and uh, uh, let's talk about this guy. So back in uh, about 10, 11 years ago, there was this guy named Juan the Beast that took YouTube by storm. Mm-hmm. He uh, does a hell of a Guns N' Roses cover. Uh, he's given us permission to play Welcome to the Jungle, so we're going to play it. And right. uh, I'm going to play this video for you, Chris, mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk about this video and I want you guys, uh, if you guys want to listen along, uh, you can go to YouTube and look it up for yourself. That's fine. We'll put a link in the description, maybe, if we remember this time. <laughs> if we remember. That's a big quotations on if. <laughs> I'll, put a, I'll put a damn uh, note down to myself to remember to put a link to the video. Because the guy's as nice as can be. Uh mm-hmm. And uh, let's just take a look, because I think you're going to be impressed. 
Yeah, you, you've spoken very highly of this, so I'm definitely looking forward to this right now. Uh, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's hit play.
but you better not take it from me in the jungle. All right. So what you think? Juan the Beast. That's pretty fucking impressive. Like, holy. I'm very impressed by that. Like, to me, I was like, it sounds like uh, it sounds like 87 Axel right there. Well, no, maybe not exactly, but very close, I'd say. Oh, yeah, dude. This guy, I think uh, he, he lives up to the name The Beast. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> very much, in my opinion. Dude, he's fucking awesome. I will give him that. Like, m- mad props. That's, some really, that's a really good cover. I mean, instrumentally, it could have been a lot better. But then again, you know, he's not an instrumental guy. He's just singing, so I can't <laughs> give him flack for that. But, yeah. Great fucking vocal performance with Shadow the Hopefully someday he'll find the time because it looks like he pretty much doesn't really do that much music anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd really like to have him on and like to talk with him. Just shoot the shit, talk GNR. He has a band called Twilight Messenger, mm-hmm. uh, which is very Iron Maiden-esque. Mm-hmm. I know I say that it seems a lot, but... Uh, it's uh, I, you'll you'd see what I mean. Look up Twilight Messenger, mm-hmm. uh, Juan the Beast, Twilight Messenger, and just listen to the album, and you'll know what I mean. Speaking of Iron Maiden, though, did you see where Iron Maiden released a new album? Yeah, I, I I heard. I, I haven't actually gotten a chance to listen to it all yet, but I've been hearing like mixed things about it. Like some people say it's like really good. Some people are like, eh, it's like disappointing. So I've been hearing like very different like. Uh, opinions and i guess critiques on it but i I still have yet to check it out so i won't give like any opinions or anything on it like i haven't heard anything from it so i can't really say uh for me it was um for me it was uh, okay so first off preference this by saying i've really only seen or, or, or really only heard the first two songs on the record i need to start out there mm. uh it seemed, uh, I don't know. It could have just been, I wasn't, I was working when I was listening to it. So I was like doing work and shit, mm-hmm. but I got bored with it pretty quick after those two songs. Cause I got 15 minutes in and I was like, damn, this, you know, starting to get bored with this. And then I looked and I was only on the second song. And so I don't know. I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, I'm not like a huge like Maiden fan, but like, I prefer more their stuff from earlier. Like, I think Power Slave is a fucking awesome album. Number of the Beast is a really good album too. Like, those are my two favorite Maiden albums. Even a little bit of like Seven Sun of a Seven Sun, whatever is pretty good. That is my favorite but, Maiden album. Yeah, if as long as Bruce Dickinson on is on there, I'm sure it's like you know good enough to listen to. You oh, know? Yeah, because like Bruce Dickinson is like the most like iconic voice for Iron Maiden. I think anyone else. I did one with Maiden didn't really go out, go well. Man, it just seems like he, he makes it seem like being a lead singer is fun. He 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 is. Do you play D and D? No, not at all. But like I'm slightly familiar with it. Okay, he's like if a DM in D and D had a whole lot more charisma. He's like the most charismatic dungeon master in all of D&D. Like, and if you listen to Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, can I play with my nest? The prophet stand at his crystal ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like how yeah. he puts his emphasis into it. Like he gets into those songs. Oh man. yeah, definitely does. But, uh, 
I don't know. I'm going to listen to the rest of the album eventually, and uh, if I find time, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's don't wanna, I don't want to overbook myself for the week. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, what, what, what was cool about that was I came to work that day, and, uh, man, we had a hell of a week last week we've had a hell of a few weeks at work but uh especially a hell of a week last week because my girlfriend's sister was getting married Mm -hmm. uh and so she took a couple of days off from work now we work in the same office but she took a couple of days off from work to Mm -hmm. uh prepare for the wedding and you know help get everything set up because that was that weekend and so Mm -hmm. whatever day the third was i'll show you how much i know whatever day september 3rd was I was uh, driving into work and I got put and I, and I found myself in an Iron Maiden mood, so I threw on uh, a shuffle on my uh, playlist and just listened to a couple of Iron Maiden tunes. My work, my commute is not a long commute; it's like mm-hmm. ten ten minutes because I got behind the school bus. And uh, so um, I get to work and I get settled in, get my coffee ready, and I get to start doing my morning paperwork. And that's when I listen to podcasts and music and shit. And I was in an Iron Maiden mood. So I just went to uh, Pandora and Googled Iron Maiden. And sure enough, this, I saw the the new album. I, I couldn't tell you the name of that damn album off the top of my head. But it said 2021. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, fuck, Maiden put a new album out. And then I was like, how did this fly under my radar? Because I would have known about this. And then maybe not in advance, but I should have at least known it was coming. Mm-hmm. Or that it had come out. And then uh, I Googled it and looked up the, the new album. And it had been released that morning. Yeah. So it was like the Metal Gods were directing me into Iron Maiden territory. Because I, I, I can't explain why I wanted to hear Iron Maiden. Subliminal advertising through my cellular telephone. <laughs> Put on some media and yeah, you want to. Fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, follow the money and see where it goes. Exactly. Oh, man. But um, what else were we going to Oh, yeah, I was going to do some end-of-the-world predictions. Um, tell me how many of these you survived, by the way. You yeah. know, the song of the day is Apocalyptic Love. <laughs> and we love talking about the apocalypse, especially when uh, people are wrong. So... There's an article on Britannica.com I want to read about. I'm going to read uh, highlights from, and it's the top 10 uh, end-of-the-world apocalypses predictions that failed. Basically, 10 apocalypses that never happened. I'm going to say they happened and we survived them, though. (laughs) Makes us look cooler, man. Give yourself the, the honorary badge somewhere, you know. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like the fact that the album was called Apocalyptic Love and it came out in 2012 was, uh, you know. Yeah, I think everyone was, yeah, everyone was releasing something with, you know, 2012 in it. I mean, there's a whole movie called 2012. Sucked. Yeah, that was not good, that movie. Oh, my. There was, like, Especially- so many, like, apocalypse movies. Whatever. Like, there's that one with Nicolas Cage, Knowing Whatever. That was oh. garbage. <laughs> Well, what Nicolas Cage movie hasn't been fucking garbage in the I don't last? Know. Con Air was decent. 
<laughs> I haven't seen it, so there you I go. I mean, avoid the Ghost Rider movies, I'll give you that, because that's pure trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who's going to buy that 40-year-old Nicolas Cage? Uh, I don't know. Should have casted younger, guys. Should have casted younger. Yeah, the dude looked 40, even if he was, like, 28. God, Nicolas Cage is, was born at 40 years old. Yeah. Uh, he, unfortunately, he was born with hair. I think that's something. <laughs> well, that didn't last too long, did it? It did. I think after the 90s, it said, fuck this shit. It's probably started to thin. <laughs> well, the first one, number 10, is the 2012 Mayan Apocalypse. So, Yeah, we, think... we totally survived that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That on, way, uh, I ain't shit. <laughs> on January 1st, 2013, after a big New Year's celebration... Me and one of my best friends, we were hung over as fuck, sitting at the house, and Netflix was on, so, and we started watching a marathon of 2012 documentaries. <laughs> and then I, I think I posted on Twitter or whatever we used at the time, and I said, uh, man, you know I'm sitting here at Netflix watching all these 2012 documentaries, man. I think there might be something to this. <laughs> Okay, number nine. Now, this was supposed to happen between 1991 and 1995. There was supposed to be uh, 12 solar x-ray images. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. So his name was Harold Camping. Mm-hmm. And Harold Camping public, publicly predicted the world, the end of the world, as many as 12 times based on his interpretations of numeral, of biblical numerology. Uh, numerology, which is stupid, I think, by the way. He published a book titled 1994, question mark, which predicted the end of the world sometime that year. And uh, let's see, his most high-profile high prediction was for May 21st, 2011, a date that he calculated to be exactly 7,000 years after the biblical flood. When that date passed without incident, he declared his math to be off, and it was pushed back to October 21st, 2011. Yeah, so in other words, he was full of shit, so he pushed back more, but he was still full of shit. Oh, yeah, like anytime somebody says they've calculated when the world's going to end using math and it doesn't end, they always push it back. I was going to say, what math are these people fucking using? Like, made up horse shit. That's what they're using. <laughs> Biblical yeah. numerology is a bunch of made up horse shit. I'm sorry if you believe in it and you're offended. You need to believe in something else because that's stupid. Yeah, you're probably believing Scientology at that point. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to butcher this one, but here we go. <clears throat> All right. Taiwanese religious leader Han Ming Chen established the Chao Chen Chen Ta- the True Way. Yes. A religious movement that blended elements of Christianity, Buddhism, USO, UFO conspiracy theories, and Taiwanese folk religion. Interesting. A, yeah, he pre, yeah, a bunch of made up horse shit. Like I De- said, yeah, definitely. It sounds like uh, the early like adoption of like QAnon or something. Yeah, or he, conspiracy theories. I was like, oh, he preached that God would appear on United States television channel eighteen on. 
Now this sounds like some shit I would do. Channel 18 News advertising God. First time ever. This <laughs> sounds like some shit I would do. I would start a fucking cult. It would be like, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest on the next episode of Guns and Radio is going to be God. <laughs> what the hell? It's like Vince McMahon booking God in 06. <laughs> and then next week, well, I guess couldn't make it. It looks like my calculations were wrong. I think I'm going to need yeah. to push that back six months. Yeah. Get shaky uh, with it, God. <laughs> here's the magic date that God was going to come on TV. Because, you know, a God Almighty has mm-hmm. a message he wants to deliver to all of humanity. All at once. How is he going to do it? Well, he's not just going to appear in the sky and tell us all in a language we all magically understand. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not how God operates. He's going to come into the studio on channel 18. (laughs) On public access news, probably. No more, no less. Hi, hi, God. Oh, hi, Bill. Thank you for coming into channel 18 today. Have a seat. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. So, God, you say that the world is going to end today. Yeah, Bill, that's right. You know, of this human thing, we tried it. It didn't work. So now we're going to try something new. I'm thinking flood again, maybe a little fire, maybe some uh, rocks. Well, God, I've got a question. How about you don't kill us all and we just keep on living? Oh, no, no, Bill, that's not how it's written down, you see. If you would have uh, followed uh, Taiwanese religious leader Hong Ming Chen, you would already know that this date is set in stone. Would you like to know what day that was supposed to take place? Yeah, sure. March 25th, 1988. Jeez. <laughs> and then the following year, when that didn't fucking happen, he prophesied that millions of devil spirits together with a... That sounds like some shit my mom would make up. There's millions of devil spirits. <laughs> millions of devil spirits. <laughs> Can't even read this seriously. <laughs> together with uh, together with massive flooding would result in the mass extinction of the human population. Of course, his followers could be spared if they bought their way with cash aboard a spaceship that he disguised as clouds and sent to rescue them. I mean, that's a good way to scam rich people, I guess. Stupid rich people, yeah. yeah you want to be saved? Give me your fucking money. Start my own uh, trust fund. 1988. That's, that's, that's like, no, God's not going to appear on Channel 18. He's going to be a guest on Phil Donahue. That's what <laughs> Sally Jesse Raphael. Our next guest claims to have created the entire universe. Let's hear from God Almighty. Thank you, Sally. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think God's a better chance of showing up on Arsenio Hall than this. <laughs> 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 80s kids all over listening to this podcast didn't even have to see the video version to know what I was doing right there. All right, number seven. We've only got we've only got to, to number seven of these. Jesus, how much more ridiculous can this shit get? <laughs> the Halley's Comet panic. Halley's Comet passes by Earth approximately every six years, but the nearness of its approach in 1910 created a fear that it could destroy the planet by either a celestial collision or through poisonous gases it is rumored to contain. A worldwide panic ensued, stoked by the media. Even though back then all they had was newspaper, they were still spreading bullshit. Yep. 
Fake news existed then. <laughs> Especially when you read those southern uh, those southern newspapers about the Civil War. And then you're like, wait a minute, this ain't what happened. Um, let's see, uh, comet may kill all life on this side. Anyway, yeah, everybody panicked and thought the world was going to end. Up next is number six. Is This is called Millerism. Like Miller High Life. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with Miller the Beer. Because, well, Millerism would be a decent religion to follow. If there was. I don't know. If they came up with a cult, I mean, they'd be more likely to recruit me than any of these fuckers so far. Yeah, man. Give me an MGD and you're set. <laughs> <laughs> I'll at least sit down and listen to the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Taste me. Religious leader William Miller began preaching in 1831 that the end of the world as we know it will occur with the second coming of Jesus Christ in 1843. <laughs> he attracted about 100,000 followers who believed that they would be carried off to heaven when the date arrived. When the 1843 prediction failed to materialize, Miller recalculated and determined that the end of the world would actually occur in 1844. And uh, this is what uh, this is what one of his followers, uh, Henry Edmonds, would write about the experience. I waited all Tuesday, and dear Jesus did not come. I lay prostrate. I don't know what that means. Prostrate? Uh, this is old-timey old language here. For two days without any pain, sick with disappointment. Yeah, actually prostrate, lying stretched out on the ground with one's face downward. Ah. Thanks, Google. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that one didn't happen. So yeah, number that five. Was, that was some shit. <laughs> I remember that one. He used, uh, they didn't tell it in the article, but he used what he called biblical math to figure this out. What? What, two plus two equals the cross? I don't know, man. Because everybody knows there's 12 points on a goddamn cross, apparently. Yeah, six times two equals 12 disciples. Oh, wait, my calculations were wrong. <laughs> anyway. Biblical math. So stupid. God, it sounds worse than calculus, honestly. Dude, I think I'd rather take calculus. <laughs> Same. Fuck, at least it's actually something legitimate, even though I'll probably never use it in my life. Joanna Southcott, this is number five. Joanna Southcott was 42 years old. She reported that she was hearing voices that predicted future events, including crop failures and famines. And she began publishing her own books that eventually developed a following. And she believed and announced that in, drum roll, what year was the world going to end? 1813. That uh, she announced that the following year she would she herself would give birth to the second Messiah, who was who 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 whose arrival would signal the last days of Earth. This does sound like some shit I would make up. Why do I not do this? Why am I sitting here toiling away on this podcast when I could just start a cult and make a bunch of money? Exactly, you get these fucking conspiracy theorists talk about something else other than a vaccine. It's great. So anyway, this this Messiah she was supposed to give birth to uh, would signal to... Oh, by the way, she was 64 fucking years old. And allegedly a virgin, which is just... Sure. Yeah. I bet you it's like one of those things, it's like you just got lucky predicting some shit, and then you're like, let's see what can, I can get away with next. 
No, she died before uh, the baby could be born. So she died not long after that. Yeah, well, it was probably like a, like a, one of those devil babies, and she's like <laughs> one of those side. hundreds of thousands of devil it was, babies. It was the, like the omen, that little fucking kid. No, I thought you were talking about the uh, the guy from uh, earlier with the devil. What was it? The devil monsters. Millions of devil spirits collaborating together. <laughs> Millions of devil spirits. Just a, a an army of ants. Maybe God was like, you know what? Now that I'm sober, you know, knocking up his 64-year-old don't seem like such a good idea. Let's just nah. go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, they don't have this scientific know-it-all to know that you can't really give birth at 64. I think they had a pretty fucking good idea by, by what, 1813? Because, I mean, if you look at all the human history, nobody had ever done it fucking before. I think they had a pretty good idea by 1813. Some old lady, somebody's gram-gram over here wasn't about to pop out another kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit if your grandma did have a baby? And now you got this little baby that's like your uncle that you got to listen to and shit. Yeah, like, Grandma, what the hell, did you fucking Mick Jagger? (laughs) (laughs) Matt Sorum? In 1806, oh, God, this this one's great. I love this one. This one's one's off to a great start. I just briefly read it. I'm like, this is going to be good. (laughs) Here's an end of the world prediction made by, now, if you thought all these other people were a bunch of bird brain fucking morons that predicted the end of the world. This one was a fucking chicken. And you can't make this shit up. In 1806, a domesticated hen in Leeds, England, appeared to lay eggs that inscribed a great message, Christ is coming. No great number of people reportedly visited the hen and began to despair of the coming judgment day. It was soon discovered that the eggs were not, in fact, prophetic messages, but the work of their owner who had been writing on the eggs with a corrosive ink and then inserting them into the poor hen's body. Jesus, he turned them into friggin' conspiracy mules. Not even mules. Conspiracy mules. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You know what I would do if I was going to go that route? I'd fuck with somebody. And it'd be like, I will open the gates of heaven to all of my children on earth. Yeah, yay. Then the next egg pops out, except you, Jim. You're going to hell. <laughs> Ooh, and then everybody, everybody look at Jim all awkward, like, oh, and then make his ass. <laughs> and then Jim's like the only person in this whole town that actually goes to church. What? <laughs> <laughs> number three is the Great Fire of London, because the Bible calls six 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 the number of the beast. Many Christians in the 17th century. Uh, in Europe, feared that the end of the world would be in the year 1666. Well, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I guess, you know. The Great London Fire, which lasted from September 2nd to September 5th of that year, destroyed much of the city, and including 87 churches and about 13,000 houses. Many of it saw it as fulfillment of the end of the world prophecy. Which I guess that makes sense, because back then, most people never left their town. Yeah, you know, and those people shit out of their window. This one says, uh, The Great Flood. And uh, apparently, let's see here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to try to pronounce this name. Joanne Stoffler? 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 
Johannes Stoffler. Johannes Stoffler. Yeah. We'll get, hang on, let's do it with conviction and say it with German accent. Johannes Stoffler! Right. That was more Japanese than German, but we'll just roll on. That yeah. guy, uh, respected German mathematician and astrologer, predicted that the Great Flood would cover the world on February 25th, 1524. God damn. What a time to be alive, I guess, then. <laughs> yeah. Because all the known planets would be in alignment under Pisces. You know, Mars. The moon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's all the known planets. No, just the moon. Back then, mm. <laughs> all the known planets, the moon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, basically, there'd be a big flood. And uh, I'm going to go ahead to number one, and we're going to move on. Montanism. Montanism. Montanism? Montanism, yes. Uh, this, is a, uh, this is a second century uh, movement of Christianity that began in uh, what is now known as Turkey, based on uh, the visions of Montanus, who Montanus. claimed to... Monotanus. I like Monotanus. Oh, there's not Montanus is just Montanus just sounds like like an insurance company. Guys, do you need peace of mind? Are you tired of worrying when you go out of town? Is your home and your children and your family going to be safe? We'll see. Over here at Monotus, we like to sell peace of mind for a monthly premium. <laughs> uh, where I lost my place. Anyway, this guy claimed to speak under the influence of the spirit. God damn, dude! Every one of these just sounds like some bullshit. I would say. Yeah, but the, to... the, the influence of the spirit is actually the influence of fucking drugs. <laughs> Many Christian communities. Uh, oh, anyway, he believed that the second coming of Christ is imminent. And many Christian communities were almost abandoned when believers left their homes and migrated to a plain between the two villages of Papuza, Papuza, and Taimanon in Paringida, <laughs> where Montanus claimed that the heavenly Jerusalem would descend to earth. Wait, and so what, Jerusalem is now a sky city? What? Yeah, what? man, it's just going like lower down there. What is it like? It's like reverse Atlantis. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so Jesus died. He took the entire city of Jerusalem with him. He's letting like, no, look, man. Jesus is like, if I'm going, I'm bringing my homies with me. And... You're all coming down with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, though. That would be pretty cool, man. Like, you know, Jesus just come up and be like, look, bro, I had to die. And I hated it. But you know what? Since I got to go up here to heaven and shit, I'm bringing everybody with me. Come on, get all the boys together. Ooh, and get you yeah. <laughs> we'll party until 1899 or whenever the fuck that guy said with his biblical math. Yeah. Uh, and then like, we'll. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, guys, watch this. I'm going to fuck with these people. I'm going to stick some messages on a chicken and let him spit them out in his eggs. <laughs> Show right back and direct him. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have come back either, Jesus. I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you one bit. I don't know. Would you even want to like come back? The, the world fucking sucks. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, in a lot of cases, yeah, it does suck. Well, um, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to listen to our friend Ian, 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 Ian. Yeah. Ian. Got it right this time. Yeah, there you go. We're going to listen to him play his version of Silkworms. 
And then when we come back, to, uh, we're going to be joined by our good buddy Jeff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff is going to, uh, we're going to look at the, we're going to take a look at um, the song Absurd. And we're going to just mm-hmm. kind of reassess it now that some of the new is died, worn off. And uh, give it a more fair yeah. going over. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only apropos we played, you know, the the old version of the song, a oh, cover yeah. of the old version of the song, you know, and then we, you know, segue into the new. So, uh, yeah. guess number two, gentlemen, Ian, check it out.
All right, everybody, welcome back to the season two finale of the Guns and Radio podcast. And uh, we're moving right along. And you know, uh, one of the great things, Caputo, that happened this week, or uh, this fucking week, this season, mm-hmm. is Guns N' Roses finally released new music. Uh, we were there as it happened when our good buddy Jeff. And, um, you know, we've been talking with Jeff for a while ever since then, ever since the aftermath of that episode. And, uh, Jeff, uh, we brought you here to re-evaluate Absurd. Now that the new has worn off, it's been a little while, we've calmed down over the excitement of actually getting fucking something. Right. And we kind of want to see if our thoughts are similar. I'm not going to play the song again, but, uh, I I think we've all heard it enough over the last month or so that that we should be able to form a good educated opinion here well i i I texted you uh a couple days after that and there's some discrepancies on youtube we get and (laughs) welcome to the club buddy (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and um yeah and then you know i i kind of let it sink in and the the honest truth is it's five notes wrapped around two solos and if I could, if I as a guitar player can figure it out, like the, the root is just, <laughs> it, it's a punk song. That's all it is. That's it. A three-year-old can play it. And there's two, there's a, there's two solos wrapped around it. So I got to drop my grade to like a two. No. You get one point for, for having new music, but you, you get another <laughs> point because the hook is there. The hook is there. They play it ten times better than me, but if I can figure it out in like thirty seconds, <laughs> and I'm a terrible guitar player, as you can see, but I found the root out in like thirty seconds, man. So, I didn't think of that, but you know he's right. There is a lot of punkiness to absurd. That is true. But you know, that's like a that's like a big thing of like Guns N' Roses, though. There's always that element of like punk mixed in with the the hard rock but, sound. But it wasn't a punk rock song before Duff and uh, Duff, especially, and Slash got their meat hooks into it. Mm-hmm. That's when it was called something fucking else. So yeah, and that was yeah. something that, that that was very parallel to Chinese democracy. If you saw a song called Silkworms on Chinese democracy, it wouldn't make you raise your eyebrows, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's true. Slash oh. and Duff definitely got their hooks in it. They they chopped it up. I I now do not think that the uh, bridge needs to be there. You're taking, you're taking 110 to the wall and then you just stop and get real slow. I, I don't, that's not punk rock to me. So you get, you get two points, one for it being a new song and the second point for having a good hook and having this punk rock feel. But, you know, and I still, if they do a video, I want it to be a low rider, dude. Just down, you know, that's it. That's all I see from it now. And I'm sorry, but like the way in which I saw beta treating fans like saying, dude, this is the same thing I'm saying. It's like three notes. It's like three or four or five notes and, and two solos wrapped around it. It's, is know. that still is that still going on? Is she still being an idiot and replying to these people? I saw something somebody posted that she didn't get she got a little unhappy with the fan in regards to uh, their um, feelings about the song and you know I got to get behind the fans and be with y'all and say, how many ways can you polish up a 20-year-old turd? I mean, Shadow of Your Love was a 20-year-old turd. You, you released it with Frank's new drumming. 
You know, sorry, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. She did. It's not Steven. They didn't want to yeah. pay Steven. <laughs> you know, I was going to say it was a 30 year old turd at best, I think. Yeah. So how many, how, how far into the closet are you going to reach to find old clothes and dust them off as new Axel? You know, <laughs> listen, they're just going to remake rapid fire now. The whole EP. <laughs> <laughs> Rework the lyrics. Oh, okay. Guys, yeah, yeah, I have some stuff I haven't really shown you yet. Check this out. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine like like that happens and then Axel starts breaking out rapid fire and Slash and Duffy just sitting there looking at each other like, what the uh, fuck is this shit? The I, I, they're like, I'd rather play November Rain than this shit. Because <laughs> I'm the prowler. Prowler. Oh. <laughs> Are you ready? Do the rumble! <laughs> oh my god, rapid fire is just all awful. Yeah, it's just replace start. patience with closure for your encore and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> if I go see GNR and they play a rapid fire song, I'm going home and I'm not coming back. I'm throwing that fucking beer and canceling the show. You throw the towel back and say, even Pittman wouldn't have played this shit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There will be no more guns and radio for there'll be no dust and bones on guns and radio if I go see G and R and they play a rapid fire song. <laughs> oh man, I have to find some other band to talk about on a weekly basis. But what do you think, Chris? Now that the the, the news worn off and it's had a little more time to digest. Um, I still listen to it here and there. Yeah, the new definitely has worn off. It's like it's not a terrible song, but would it have been like the first song in thirteen years to release? Probably not. It would have been cool for like maybe just like here's like oh if they had like you know if there was any inclination any fucking sense of an album coming out, it'd be like it'd be cool to throw out as like a promo single to like hype the release whatever. But I don't know if I'd release it as a main single. It's still okay. It's not a terrible song. If it comes up in my playlist, whatever, I'll listen to it. I'm not going to, you know, not skip it. Maybe most of the time I wouldn't skip it. but like I'm not skipping to it on Spotify yeah, anyway. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's more like if it comes up, like, okay, whatever, I'll just throw it on. You know, I don't, there's probably nothing else good coming after this one or whatever. So I think originally, I think in the live stream, I gave it like a, a four or like pretty high up. Uh, I'm going to probably rate mine down and bring it back to about just, just a three. Cause it's a, it's a, it's not like, it's not like, it's not, it's still a three for me. It's not like some like halfway territory song. It's okay. But like, I still do prefer like the old one version. Yeah. With a chorus. Yeah. Just with like, I don't know. I feel like to me it was like, maybe it was too industrial for like GNR at the time, but like, that's what I think made it stood out. Cause it was just like so fucking different from all their other shit. Do you think the new is actually worn off, or do you think we've just run it into the ground individually? Uh, a bit of both, I'd say. I think they should have released two singles. Or, yeah, and, something. You know, with Hard School wrapped around it, have an A-side and a B-side. Yeah, yeah. Then, EP know, that shit. Yeah, and then you can sell it, you can sell it for Record Store Day. You miss yeah. it again. You know, I mean, COVID uh, it wasn't in their favor. Maybe they had plans to re- release Hard School and maybe... Maybe maybe something or, and uh, silkworms, aka uh, absurd, as record store day. But then COVID hit, and then whatever. But Miles just confirmed today that the new Slash album is already done. 
It's yeah, I saw that. So let sure. me ask you this. Now, Slash's album is put on the shelf till next year, I believe. Yeah. Do you think that it's been shelved for such a long period of time so that the the heat and press can die down from a GNR release before Slash releases his on top of it? I think I think what Slash wants to do is get through the tour, get through COVID, and be able to tour on the album. And he wants it to be fresh. He doesn't want it to be six months old when he actually has a chance to tour on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also a good point. Yeah, because it's so, like, yeah, you don't want to be touring off like an old album like your, oh, look, like your past bandmates did for like 12, 13 years. I was years. about to say, bro, you talk <laughs> about touring off an old album on a Guns N' Roses podcast. Trust me, that's for, for, for what, almost 15 years? Uh, as long as I've been watching them, they've been touring on an old album. Yeah. I mean, shit, they, they, they dude, I'm going to tell you, man, if it wasn't for Appetite, none of us would know who this fucking band is. That, I'd say, yeah. Because, I mean, as much as I love Chidem and Illusions and everything else that's come after it, they dip from that appetite well in their set list, I think, more than anything. You lose lose your uh, drummer. You'd be a hypocrite about it. And (laughs) everything goes to shit, you know? You're not going to have those disco breakdowns like Steven has and those reggae breakdowns. I mean, look, if you go back and look at the Illusions album, Matt played the same fills on every single song. Every one. Every single one, it's the same fill. Hmm. I'll send you, I'll send you after this, I'll send you a YouTube clip of it. And you'll be like, holy shit, it's every single fill is the exact same thing. That is interesting. I never really thought about that before. Yeah, because I knew like November Rain is strange. I also had similar fills. I didn't know it was the whole fucking You guys album. should make you guys should make it a shot cast Saturday, like Listen to all the all the, this this clip I'll find for you, and then just try to play a guess that song it came from. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did have the summer slash. We can just do the fall of Matt Sorum. Well, if he's got a new album out, you might have to be doing the fall slash too. God damn it! That's true. Yeah. Winner. Yeah, but you know he's he he's OCD. He's just gonna work, work, work. So I don't understand why he can't be working on a GNR song, especially one with three fucking notes. <laughs> why don't Why don't you make one with four fucking notes? Look, yeah. then, then you're done. I mean, four fucking notes for Slash is not is not hard for him to pop out another GNR out. Well, I think. Uh, well, also, I I feel I feel like for me, I've run absurd into the ground for myself. Uh, I think I, I, in hindsight, I really don't know what I gave it on the show. I don't remember. Uh, I too was excited at the time. I feel like I agree with Chris that it falls into three category, like just below average, if you will. Uh, not nothing special, not nothing awful though. I mean, goddamn, we've reviewed much worse songs on this show on yeah. a fairly regular basis that feature <laughs> some of the people that we're complaining about here in the absurd. <laughs> Re-review. I mean, the aforementioned rapid fire is right there. <laughs> oh God! Oh, and, and a lot of Duff stuff. <laughs> we haven't done a rapid fire song in season two. Did you notice that? I don't think we did. I don't think so. I don't think one's come up in a whole year. Wow. Now watch this it. Wheel, but this wheel's been giving us Duff, so I mean, that's the counterbalance <laughs> right there. Karma's a yeah. bitch. 
It's like Thanos. I was looking for it, but I'll, I'll send you that link about Matt doing the same Phil. Sorry about that. All right, we'll look at it in a future episode and everything. Well, definitely. Well, uh, Jeff, thanks for coming on, man. Joining us for the finale as we uh, reevaluated our uh, thoughts on Absurd. And everybody stay tuned because there's much more to come for this week's episode. Year, annual, what's the word I'm looking for? Anniversary, finale, spectacular, yes. spectranundrum, and shit. And Congratulations, such. dudes, on two seasons. Ooh. Thanks, dude. Thank you for being there with us throughout at least most of it, I believe. I was going to say, bad. we've got at least four more seasons and possibly a movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who would play us in a movie? I got, uh, I, of course, I got Seth Rogen. Uh, yeah. We'll just go ahead and get that out of the way. Yeah. One guy I've always been, like, compared to, it's either Patton Oswalt, or recently I've been, like, a, a fucking getting compared to Adam Devine for some reason. <laughs> Okay. So I say either one of those two. And they're both pretty funny guys, so I'm good with that. There you go. I I, I would say Seth Rogen and we hire some guy from an Italian soap opera, because you know how soap (laughs) opera actors have that funny... uh, (laughs) So you got Seth Rogen over here. I can't do an impression. And then he's like, Oh, I'm saying it in my mind, Mama Mia. And... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to play, I think we'll play a song or something. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Guns and Radio podcast. Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, the musical guest in this episode just keep rolling in. Yeah. Uh, we found out there's actually a new Motley Crue song. That is going to be debuted live. Vince Neil is here. Oh, uh, oh, wow. My my quote-unquote good friend Vince Neil is here. Yes. You guys must be good friends because uh, he wanted... uh, This is all they're doing, okay? I'm not allowed to be in this segment. As soon as uh, I leave, Vince is going to come on. And, you got uh, Dunsperted. You got banned. <laughs> I did. I got banned, man, because he wants. Uh, he thinks that this new song that they're performing is going to be so mind blowing that he wants Caputo's genuine reaction, so that uh, he's going to make you eat your words of all the bad, all right. hateful things well, you've said about him over the years. Well, he said, said some bad, hateful things about me, so I mean, it's even. But whatever. I'm a good Samaritan. I'm a nice fucking guy, so we'll give him a chance here. All right, well, with that, I'm going to step out. Let's get in Vince Neil, then. Here we go. Come on in, Vince. Oh, thank you for having me on the show once again. Christopher Caputo. You Vince son Neil. of a bitch. Fuck you. Sorry, I had a little... Let's here for five fucking minutes, man. Now, now we're going to have a concert performance, and you'll be glad to know that the whole gang is here. Ladies oh, and gentlemen, wow. let's hear it for Tommy Lee. All right, dude. Yeah, that's right. I was here for Nikki Six. Y'all. All right. Now, let's let's hear for our old ass guitar player, <laughs> Mick Myers. Everybody, Mick Myers. Mick Myers. He's still alive and well. He's All still right. kicking. We're gonna rock and roll. We got a brand new song here that Motley Crue has never performed before, and we're gonna perform it right now live on the Guns and Radio podcast to show this punk ass, I mean, this, this nice gentleman that he's been wrong for the way he's treated me for the last two fucking years! 
Hit it, boy. Come on, man. Get the music on. All right. There we go. Hit it, Tommy Lee. All right, it's going to be a good one, guys. I wrote this song myself in sometime in the 90s. I hate you once again. You're so good to me, and I know what to change. But you try to to me like maybe. this thing to go back on it wasn't me man it was vince neil came in to perform from caputo and i didn't even get to hear it. what happened I, I, I don't even know it what the like f- something was dying and i needed to call it what I, I didn't hear how was it good what was the song like what did he say I, I don't know i could like i don't understand half the fucking words he was saying he was out of breath about 30 seconds in oh wow um I, I don't know. It, it's definitely a different uh, direction, I guess, that Molly Crew's going in now. But, like, hey, their fans will probably like it. Some of them will. I mean, like <laughs> well, their fans will probably yeah, like it. They'll like it better than John Karabi, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, yeah, that was, an, that was some something else. I'll give you that. I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I think, like, listening to that performance, I'm, like, in shock. Oh, uh, well, but not in a good type that of good? shock. Oh, oh, okay. It was probably like shockingly horrific. So you're like, like speechless, is what you're saying from the. Yeah, like I, I was like listening. I'm like, I, I didn't know what to say or do. Like, what was going on, Vince? I, I mean, was like under the impression something at least decent would happen, and then like, I thought this guy was gonna walk on stage again, like last time. 
Uh, you see, when I was meeting him at the door as I was leave as I was coming in, and he was leaving, he looked like very pleased with himself. So really, uh, I, 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 I mean, don't know. Are you I sure think it wasn't he, like huffing and puffing and like trying to blow uh, the little piggy's house down or something. Uh, he, was he was definitely he was definitely out of breath, but he looked very proud of this thing that he'd just done. So yeah, I don't was, know, was, man. Was he dragging Mick Mars's corpse as well, or? Oh, probably, but I mean, I mean, shit. is it Nikki Six OD on heroin again? Uh, you know, it, it, it's bound to happen. I mean, <laughs> from time to time. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know what to say to that. That I, I think we've seen one of the worst uh, performances ever, and oh, then wow. we've also heard of my world. So I think they're on equal level right now. How bad <laughs> those are. I don't know, man. Well, uh, he's not going to be pleased to hear that when he listens to this episode. He'll probably be back in season three to give you a piece of his mind. If uh, oh god, if I know is there Vince any Neil. way we can just like kill him off by like the fifth season, by even the fourth uh, season? Dude, I I fucking tried. I mean, you know, I had to live with the son bitch for what was that? Yeah, season? at the beginning of season two. Just, yeah. yeah, dude, he's like chlamydia. He'll never leave you. I know, man. I don't know why sure. Vince Neil has to be in this podcast of all fucking podcasts. Oh. Why it's got to be this one that Vince Neil. If, if he really do. doesn't like us or Guns N' Roses that much, you just have just fight Axel, man. It's been like thirty plus years in the making at this point. Just let it happen. Well, what do you guys think? Did you like the new Motley Crue? I've been doing quotation marks with my hands. Did you like yes, the new Motley Crue song? <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know if that was one of the greatest moments of season two, but (laughs) (laughs) here in just a minute, we're going to hit play on the top 10 greatest moments of season two. Let's get at it. What do you say? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's about that time. I hope you guys are ready because we're going to count it down right now. The top 10 best moments from Guns and Radio season two. And without further ado, let's kick it off right away with the number 10 moments. Oh, in June, uh, on this day in 2000, 39-year-old Karen McNeil, who claimed she was the wife of one Axel fucking Rose, and that she communicated with him telepathically, was jailed for one year for stalking the singer. (laughs) One year. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) <laughs> that was this day. Nice. Damn. Nice. 21 okay. years ago. Here's what we're going to do, Caputo. I'm going to need you to concentrate, okay? Right. And I think together, and everybody listening, concentrate on my words, and let's say see if we can telepathically send a message to Axel Rose to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it doesn't go through, then we know Team Brazil has control of that, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's all let's uh, let's all concentrate. Axel Rose, let's visualize him. Uh, we want you to come on the show on Guns and uh, Radio. Release an album. With that too. I mean, we all know that's not going to happen. But leak yeah. some more shit from Tom's Utah storage locker, please. Uh, well, we're not. Uh, hey, we're not talking to Rick Dunsford here. We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Now you're fucking up the mental. You're fucking up the connection here. Okay. okay, okay. Here we go. Uh, we want you to come on to gunsradio.com. Uh, talk uh, about your dong. Uh, <laughs> maybe release a show on DVD, Blu-ray, something. Just with the appetite do, of the fans. Why don't you just do anything? Just Live get era, 2016. Put down the potato chips. 
Stop, stop watching TMNT three. It's not that great of a movie. The first two are better. And 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 get on either the internet or in the studio. We don't care. Come on the show or release something. All right, let's send it out. Right, I, I, I out hope there. that works. Uh, oh no, I just farted a little bit. So I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was my mental powers coming through there and exploding into the uh, the chakra or whatever of Axel Rose. But no, <laughs> was... chakra. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know anything about this shit. Yeah, that yeah that that reminds me of like early two thousands Axel. The whole thing with like <laughs> the the Yoda chick, whatever. And it's like, here's a picture of this guy I want in my bed. Does he bring off good chakra? <laughs> well, for that matter, I've been communicating telepathically. Uh, I didn't want to tell you this, Caputo. All right. Uh, but, but you're going to have to anyways. Well, I got to. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, my girlfriend's going to be real pissed. But uh, I've actually uh, been uh, communicating telepathically with uh, Lita Ford back in the 80s act lead forward the hot one to uh to come over and touch my dong so uh, (laughs) i mean i'm not gonna go to her house because i'm way too lazy for that and that's way too much effort but i've been sending the telepathic message uh (laughs) shit i better not say i better not joke like that she's crazy she'll come kick my ass for real yeah. She'll come hunt us down and <laughs> it's Lita Fortnite crazy. Coming in at number nine here on the countdown, uh, a very infamous moment from episode seventy-four involving a whole slew a whole array of some uh trademarked vintage Dustin Bones impressions. Check this one out. It's Christmas. <laughs> you're it's cold, you're walking home alone. You come around the corner, and there stands Dean Martin, Bill Cosby, and Phil Spector, all with that look in their eye. <laughs> and, they're... <laughs> and they're looking at you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, Dean Martin's a class act. I'd go with him. <laughs> Phil Spector's probably going to like try and like cut me in like 47 pieces. I don't know. <laughs> Bill Cosby is going to be like, ah, you know, these kids say the dumbest things. And then just so, just when he says that, he like throws a roofie in my mouth. <laughs> Why don't you eat this popsicle pudding cup I brought you? There ain't no drugs in this pudding cup. <laughs> God. It's Bill Cosby. You could trust me. I don't know. I don't know why. That's my Bill Cosby impression. <laughs> Whatever. Both blowers are pretty terrible. So. Oh, what's to do for Family Feud? Uh, God, I lost Steve Harvey. Name. Steve Harvey. Yeah, you look over to Steve Harvey, and he's like, "Well, don't trust him, man. If I was you, I wouldn't eat that pudding cup." Yeah, dude. Steve Harvey has like the weird, <laughs> like the craziest reactions to anything. You could say like the most tame word, like nipple, and you'll look at you like you just like swore in church. Now, come on, buddy. Why don't you come eat this pudding cup? Just try. <laughs> oh, rock pudding. Why would I try to eat your pudding cup? Come on, now. It'll be okay. Just take a little bite. One little bite will do you. I don't know, Bill. I really don't like that look you got in your eyes right now. <laughs> it's making me really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take a bite of your pudding cup. Oh, God, no. I never take a bite of pudding of course well, not. you just come on, young man. Sit on old Uncle Bill's lap here and have a bite of this pudding cup. Yeah, okay. Let me try to eat a bean. It's a pretty good. 
Well, that's what I was hoping would happen. <laughs> oh my god. Vince Neil, everybody. Vince Neil, Motley Crew. <laughs> You'll see him hopefully on tour next year. <laughs> hopefully. If he makes weight. Yeah, right. That's what they should do, just for like, like, just to like hype this thing even more. Have him like weigh in like a UFC fighter. <laughs> I'm in if shape. I'm ready to fucking go. <laughs> if he doesn't make weight, they'll get the old singer from the '90s back. They're gonna get John Karate. Who <laughs> <laughs> was in the movie for like 37 seconds? <laughs> he thought Molly Crew sucked live with Vince Neil. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> I mean, there's another bad Axel Rose can fill in for. Oh my God! Oh, dude, could you imagine how pissed Vince Neil would be oh if, if you finally happened. get that fight on pay per view? It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like slapping each other like this, like. It'd be like when your two drunk uncles get to fighting at Christmas. Number eight here on our countdown is one of those uh, many notorious spoken into existence moments that we've had over the last couple of years on the podcast. And it's just an example of some of the crazy, funny shit that can happen when we do our on this day in rock and roll history. This one involving one Mr. Phil Spector. Oh, gross, man. Made me tell my mouth. Yeah. Fuck Gary Glitter. Motherfucker ordered to die for, for all I care. I think he's still in there, isn't he? He's still in prison. He's there for life, I'm pretty sure. Fucking good. Where he needs to be. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for letting Phil Spector out in the condition we get better music. <laughs> I mean, so what? He shot a heroin addict model. Listen, man, two weeks later, she was going to shoot up or die of a coke overdose anyway. Let Phil Spector switch that <laughs> good music again. Come on. <laughs> the man produced some of the best music in all. <laughs> Look at this. That's the reason music's as shitty as it is, because it didn't start going to shit till Phil Spector went to prison. <laughs> Listen, that's your theory. Time. I'm not like <laughs> I'm not gonna say no, but that's your theory. So He's done his time. Uh, <laughs> if any of you guys agree with us, then please let us know on our social media at Guns and Radio Pod. Now, now here's what we'll do. We'll let him out on a work release program for every number one hit that he produces. <laughs> <laughs> Can he actually produce the next Guns N' Roses album if there is one? <laughs> if anybody could. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd be as nice as Tom Zutat when it goes to getting their ass in the studio. That motherfucker, that motherfucker would have it out next week. <laughs> It'd be a double LP, like the Illusions one was. Yeah, use Illusion three and four. <laughs> you, you see Phil Spector come on. All right, boys. <laughs> Time to get the fucking word. (laughs) 
<laughs> How did they get Izzy back on the album? <laughs> <laughs> they finally agreed to give him money. Uh, nope. <laughs> Phil Spector. <laughs> All right, motherfuckers, it's time to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's your daily motivation right there. <laughs> Phil Spector with a with a forty four on your head. <laughs> Why does Axel sound terrified and all this stuff? Welcome to the talk <laughs> Team Brazil comes up missing. <laughs> Under new management. <laughs> He's their producer and management. Mr. Spectre, do you know anything about this? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Mr. Oh, my God. Maybe they just went back to Brazil <laughs> and didn't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Oh my God. Uh, this has got to be the most evil episode we've had yet. Hey, man. We ended <laughs> off New Year's Evil, not New Year's Eve. <laughs> it wouldn't be shit if we dropped this episode and then they announced Phil Spector's getting out of jail. <laughs> Listen, we'll do it. Take credit for it. <laughs> Next up at number seven on our season two countdown here. The notorious hand sanitizer story, as told by the one and only Dustin Bones. Yeah, but that's a little more obvious to have that little Lysol spray bulge sticking out of your pocket there. (laughs) Then just a little bottle of hand sanitizer. Have I ever told y'all my story about the girl and the hand sanitizer, the girl I pissed off? Oh, no, I haven't heard this one. Oh, do tell. Oh, my God. Okay. So... Uh, shit. That's uh, too late now. We done built interest. <laughs> so I was a single man. I was probably 19, maybe 20. Maybe a little older. I really don't remember. But I had started working at uh, a certain company where it was my first office job. And they, and they gave you bottles of hand sanitizer at work. Because it's a call center and we all work together and they didn't have cubicles, they had rows and uh, germs spread in that motherfucker. One person gets sick, everybody gets sick because it ain't very ventilated and it's just, right. we're all in this enclosed space together. So they passed out hand sanitizer. So when I first got there as a nervous habit, I would reach my hands in my pocket, I would squirt some hand sanitizer just because... I have ADD, so I always got to be doing something with my hands, whether I'm flicking a click, 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 or playing with a toothpick or something, or, you know, I've always got to be doing something like that. So hand sanitizing my hands had become a nervous habit. So I go, and I'd been talking to this girl for about three weeks to get on this date where I was going to finally get some loving. And she worked at Pizza Hut. And I went in there to get a pizza, and uh, that's when I met her. And I thought she was cute. So, uh, you know, one thing led to another. So this is the final, finally the time 
Dustin's going to get to seal the deal. So I get her home. Uh, we actually, I took, I was romantic as shit, man. I went to the park. We sat in a swing under the moonlight, all that cute shit. I, I, yeah. I had, that was a fun date. Yeah. <laughs> I was proud of myself for that. So, <laughs> so we get home and, uh, we get to the bedroom. I'm doing things with my hands and stuff and having a good time. Well, uh, it's, it's go time. Like the, the, the moment is here and she stops me and goes, do you have a condom? And I went, no. (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, don't you think it's a little stupid to do it without one? I was like, nah, I don't got nothing. She goes, what if I do? And I go, shit, do you? And she like, didn't say yes, but she nodded her head. Yes. And I went, Oh shit. So now here's what's happening in my head. I'm, I'm thinking I'm 30 minutes from town. How quick can I go get some condoms? Like I'm making a plan to get these condoms, but while I'm making that plan and my brain is turning, I'm being silent and kind of rubbing my chin, you know? So then as I'm thinking about what am I going to do here? I stick, I pull my pants back up because I'm going to have to go get back, get in the car and then while I'm thinking of a plan, I just randomly stick my hands in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And then I, without thinking, I pulled out the Germex and I squirted my hands <laughs> with the Germex. And then I dropped it back in my pocket and put my belt on because it hadn't occurred to me what happened yet. <laughs> so... So she jumps up out of the bed and goes, take me home. And I said, I'm confused as fuck now. I'm like, no, I'm trying to think of it. But I just said, if she says, take me home, I take her home. So I was like, oh, oh, okay. And we got in the car and I couldn't figure out what I did. So like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I knew she was mad cause I wasn't going to go, but was she mad cause I didn't have a condom cause I was working on, you know what I mean? Like your brain right. starts fig- trying to figure it out. And it's just the silent, awkward car ride, 30 minutes back to pizza hut. And I drop her off and I never talked to her again. <laughs> and but her, my, my ex-girlfriend was her boss at pizza hut. That's kind of, I was there to mingle with the ex. Right. And then got sidetracked with somebody else. <laughs> when i got there and that's how this all happened in the first place so a few days later i'm back to pick up the eggs because i didn't get no love and, and uh she was like so how'd your date go the other night and i said what did she say and she she basically told it like it happened but she didn't tell the part about the germ X. <laughs> oops <laughs> yeah, that's my embarrassing Germex story. So that kind hey, of shit. whatever, man. Look at it this way: you don't got it, so maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Well, it was. I mean, yeah. Me, <laughs> uh, dumb on me for not having one ready, though. I mean, th- that would never happen in this day and age. I'm always prepared. <laughs> Ever since then, Doctor Trojan calling Doctor Trojan. <laughs> <laughs> I took it as a lesson learned by God. <laughs> he still got that one from the next morning in his wallet with a circle on it. <laughs> Just to kill you. <laughs> Number six on our countdown came from one of our many watch-alongs of the Anonymous Lifetime selects that the band posted over on their YouTube page over the last couple of years or so. Um, this one is a, the coining of a new nickname for our good pal, Mr. Richard Fortas. 
Oh, oh, camera's fucking shaking. Jesus, what is it? WWE match? <laughs> EC <Jeez>. jump. <laughs> it's like, get to the action. <laughs> Zoom in on Fortis's ass there, why don't you? You know, that's the first time yeah. I've noted, or lack thereof, I should say. I think the June, yeah, the Junes aren't tight enough. <laughs> you know, I've never really gave Fortis's ass a second look before now. It's and, just, uh, still on here. Like, can we, like, yeah, since, I think the front Since they zoomed wanna... in on Fortis's ass so much and my eyes won't <laughs> go away from it now, <laughs> I just have to comment that uh, there ain't much ass there. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fucking flat ass motherfucker. He's got that Hank Hill ass. <laughs> oh, there it is. Back to the shot. <laughs> it is. Look at his Hank Hill ass. <laughs> if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go to Google and search Hank Hill ass. And see what I'm talking about. That episode of King of the Hill. Number five on the countdown is one that Dustin Bones demanded be on this top ten. A moment so uh, infamous, notorious, whatever other synonyms you can think of, it got us banned on TikTok for a couple of days. Ladies and gentlemen, porn or hot sauce? The game. Memphis is a city that's known worldwide for music and everything else. But one of the things that Memphis is most famous for is probably their barbecue sauce. And with that, we're going to play a game called Porn or Hot Sauce. Can you guess how this is going to go? Yeah, I have to guess what whether it's a, a title of a porno or a title of a hot sauce. That's right. That's right. Look at you knowing how to do things. Good. <laughs> uh, and what may be our stupidest game yet. I'm going to start with an easy one here. But a holics. <laughs> but a holics. But a holics. That's, yeah. that's but with two T's, right? With two T's, yes. Okay, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm gonna say it. it sounds like a very interesting like series of pornos. Because I just imagine a number like twenty-seven after it. <laughs> oh, oh! I am going to be omitting numbers and volume numbers for yeah, the I was sake gonna of make it too easy. <laughs> yeah. If I called it Sweet Baby Ray's number twenty-seven, then. <laughs> but then again, you got like Heinz fifty-seven. So. <clears throat> but a holics. Is this a porno or a hot sauce? It's most definitely a porno. <laughs> well, I was right. Yes, it is a porno. Butt of the month club quarterly. I just want you to zoom in for a second on the little picture in the top corner. I don't know if you zoom in enough. It does look like modern day James Hatfield. All right. All right. So the next one is rectal impact. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, this, could go, this could go both ways, because I don't know if, like, the hot sauce is going to, like, fucking make you shit fire out of your ass. Or some the, of it does, actually. Or, like, you're actually getting... You know what? I'm going to go with porno on this one. It sounds too, like, graphic to, like, be a hot sauce. Caputo says porn. 
Whoa, what the fuck? God damn it. <laughs> yeah. That is incorrect. It is actually a hot sauce. Oh, green hot sauce? Why the fuck does it look like old discontinued cans of Surge? It's no, kind of like brutal. that. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, uh, my God. Wait, what was the name again, sorry? Shit the bed. Shit the bed. Hot sauce. Hey, <laughs> there's five. All right. Yeah. Notice the price of shit the bed hot sauce is $17.99. I'm surprised they didn't have to censor the word shit on the labeling. Well, you're doing really well. So there are four left. The next one is called Assault That Ass. Oh, come on. That's a porno right there. Smack my ass and call me Charlie. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Who comes up with these fucking names? <laughs> <laughs> Porno. Oh, what? <laughs> no. Oh, I meant Sally. I didn't mean Charlie. I meant Sally. I just misread it. <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Well, I was wrong on that one. Yeah, it is a hot sauce. Right. This one is bomb ass. Bomb ass. Bomb ass. Oh man. Mm. Porno. Yeah, it's a porno. Starring. Oh, I know that girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and I have crossed paths a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think she liked one of my tweets. Oh, oh you meant for real. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I don't know. Okay, now this one I'm going to give you a hint. It does have somebody's face on it. And they are screaming, ah, in quotation marks. But what's the title? Brand new asshole. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, let's support them. Oh, come on. <laughs> Wait, what? How do companies get away with just like throwing like uncensored words on this shit? What? Who knows, man? Because most of these are sold at like novelty stores and tourist traps and shit like that, probably. Oh, yeah, that's probably why. I was going to say, if you see this shit in your local grocery store, the freaking stay at home moms would lose their mind. <laughs> Can you imagine going through Walmart one day with your, with your, Sweet Mormon family. And all We're just talking about assholes here. <laughs> I need some hot sauce. Let's just run down the hot sauce aisle. Let's see. What do we got here? Here's Ripper, a new one. <laughs> Fuck me cross-eyed. <laughs> Bumble fucked. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but an honorary sponsor. And right here at number four, a moment from when we reviewed uh, Madagascar by Guns N' Roses, when yours truly was put on the spot to uh, give give his best shot at doing some readings of those many quotes in that breakdown section of the song. Give it a listen. Check it out. Okay, now the reason I wanted to play that in its entirety without interruption is because, uh, Caputo, last week you said that in the uh, lyric book that you have, it lists that whole rant there as lyrics. Oh, yeah. So with that, here is Caputo doing the quote. Oh, now would be a perfect time to find that guitar solo. 
<laughs> we'll do it in the edit. If I can find the solo, we'll do it in the edit. We'll play it while Caputo reads the, the, the Madagascar. All right. I'm going to tell you a story. Stand up for righteousness. What? Stand up for justice. What? Stand up for truth. How can a person grow up with all this around them? You got a call on that something. Where does it come from? That can make a way out of no way. All this hatred. What we've got here is the power that can make a way out of no way. Failure to communicate. I tell you, I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roar. Everybody's acting like we can do anything. It don't matter what we do. Maybe we gotta be extra careful because maybe it matters more than we even know. Sometimes. Hatred isn't something we're born with. <laughs> I feel discouraged. It gets taught. Sometimes I feel discouraged. I don't do it as good as you. I <laughs> do it like Robert De Niro. I felt this fear. <laughs> you promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. I don't know, I can't do it anymore. Oh. No, never alone. No, no, do, no, never alone. Do Joe Pesci. Well, let's go something straight, all right? Pazani. He promised <laughs> never to leave me. You know, this whole thing's fucked up. <laughs> he promised never to leave me alone. You know, all men betray, they all lose heart. You know, I, I do don't want to lose heart. I want to leave. Do Sam Jackson now. Black man and white men to get at the table of brotherhood. <laughs> I have a dream, motherfucker. <laughs> free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, motherfucker, we are free at last. <laughs> and also, I've had it with these snakes on this fucking place. Oh, it's like a most very Italian Sam Jackson. I'm sorry, I, I, I still, I still got the the vaffanculo in me, the Italian. <laughs> <laughs> the top three moments of season two are upon us right here right now uh why don't we get into it number three was from the first time that guns and radio crossed paths with nothing lasts forever and uh, the ladies tara and robin from the, from the show there tell us the story of how they just so happened to uh, be in malibu and meet the man the myth the legend himself mr w axel rose so in in my like in my like deep obsession with estranged you know we we find out that the video is filmed partially at his actual home that he from what we hear actually still lives in and i have a group of friends back home in eugene who are huge gnr fans he's like punk rock dudes and they came to visit la shortly before lockdown and they all went out to they all went out there they had they got the address and went out to like take pictures at his gate. I didn't join oh, them because nice. I was working at the time, but they had the actual they had the address. So yeah. I, I so Tara says, let's go. And we I've lived in LA now for 10 years and I I don't go like celebrity hunting or like sightseeing. Oh. So I thought that was like, no, she was I'm not gonna go. It. I'm not gonna go drive by this person's house, drive yeah, by Axel's house. Yeah, it's creepy, it's yeah. dumb. Um, I mean, I we, would feel creepy about doing it, but I mean, yeah, but it's I, far away though. There's a gate. Well, I, I was thinking that... he lives in Malibu. It was a nice day. It, you know, like it was, it was, we were nothing to do. So I was just like, let's yeah, go to Malibu to and drive so, up the Canyon and see the house. Like it was it harmless. Right. We, we compromise in that I'm, I, he lives by a bike trail. So we, I was like, let's go on a bike ride. We'll be in, we'll 
conveniently bike past his house. Um, but we'll also have a great day. It was a beautiful day in Malibu. It's quarantine. It's coronavirus. Like we're just with something to do. Right. And, and, and like, never, in never in this conversation never. did we consider or discuss the possibility of meeting him. I want to make that really, really clear. That yep. never was on our radar. It was like, it, let's it go check out the scenery from estranged. Yep. Yep. Okay. A landscape. And, mm-hmm. and so we biked that way. And uh, Tara was on an e-bike. I was on a regular yeah, bike. I'm not, it's up, it's, it's like, it was two miles up a canyon. Uphill. And Robin's very physically fit. I'm uh, not. And so she's on a regular bike and I'm on an e-bike. So I'm ahead of her. Yeah. And we're like approaching, approaching the house, getting ready to like, I don't know. You can see the back. Like it's in, you know, it's, you can see that it's there. It's like on the top of this, it's per- 360 views of Malibu on the top of this Beautiful. hill. It's, on it's a gorgeous. Yeah. And so we're going up and Tara somehow like speed. Well, she speeds past me cause she's on her e-bike and I'm like churning up and we go past one of the neighbors. So we pass one of the neighbor's house and a neighbor is out and we're biking up the hill. There's other bikers out there too. Yeah. They are like in there. Like, so we didn't, it wasn't like weird stuff. that we were doing this. There was people <laughs> yeah. up and down. Okay. The hill. <laughs> I, think, I think Tara was like huffing and puffing or whatever. I mean, it was, it was tough at that moment when we we're going past his house and the neighbor oh. was like, Oh, Hey, and she goes, do you know that's Axel Rose's house? Right? She just said that. She, yeah, and she did. It was weird. Yeah, and we were like, oh, no. I had that's, no idea. I, I think I said, that's weird. Yeah. Something <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, direct, it's like direct neighbor. Yeah, it was like his next neighbor. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and I think and I just really started to interrupt you. Think about the fact that Axel Rose's next door neighbor is theoretically telling every passerby that that's his house. <laughs> Okay. I don't know anyway. why she was doing that. That was yeah, super, it was very weird. weird. Yeah. Um, she must have just known that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We Maybe must have I been giving. Cool? Yeah, we were sweaty and like. Uh, our fans put off a vibe, man. That's yeah, so. yeah. Uh, but then Tara had like she was past me, right? And so I didn't, I couldn't see her. And then I'm turning the corner, and I was like, oh, we were gonna go farther past his house. I was like, all right, no intention on stopping in front of it. We just were going to bike past it and keep going. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, turning the corner. I'm like, okay, Tara, let's keep going. And I look and I see Tara and I'm looking at her and she's engaged in conversation with Axl Rose. (laughs) I was like, like, and and Robin, he, and, and, and Robin yelled at me, let's keep going. And he responds to her. Yeah, before oh, Tara could even say anything before back to me. Before I could me, even respond. I yeah. was like, let's keep going on the bike ride. And he goes, that's a long bike ride uphill or something, something like it's pretty hard yeah. that way. And like, oh, yeah. I like not doing it justice because the first thing I hear when I turn the corner is. She could hear him before she saw him. Axel Rose's voice. And the voice is so distinctive. I just like was floored. Oh, like it was just like, and Tara's standing there. So he's in his yard and he was just in his yard like. What was he doing, Tara? Like, so when I turned the corner, he was just standing in his yard. And like, I make the joke that he was standing in his front yard, staring at the sun. But like, he was literally standing in his front yard, staring at the sun by himself. He was like, his arms were crossed and he was looking up and he was just standing there. And, it, you know, the thing about this house, it is not palatial. It is it, the, the property itself is large, but the home it wasn't a large front yard. So he, he was standing basically at the sidewalk behind just a normal, you know, low yeah. fence. Yeah. You know, so, so when I, when I come, when I'm coming by, I, I immediately am like, I mean, it, it was a lot to process in an instant. 
Well, uh, yeah. I you know, really <laughs> knew it was him. And um, I stopped because I, I and and he was looked so strange in, in his in his behavior and the staring of the sun thing. The first words out of my mouth to him were, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> and and, and oh, I'll tell gosh. you, I uh, if if we were able to consider that this was a possibility. Obviously, yeah. you would have gone about it in a whole nother way, but like this came as such a shock. Like, not only did it happen, but Robin wasn't there with me yet. So I'm alone, stumbled <laughs> upon Axel Rose. You know, I'm within, I would say, six feet of the guy. I mean, six foot rule, coronavirus, but he didn't, he didn't shy away from me at all. I, he yeah, st- he stayed and stood and talked to me. Um, he kind was my, okay. <laughs> my immediate thought when I, so I see her talking, like, I kind of see her there. And my immediate first thought was like, oh, he's like going to be like, get off my property, fellow kids or whatever, like kind of be mad. But then we come up and he's like, the first thing he's like, hey, it's a hard bike ride up there. We engaged in conversation with him for like two or three minutes until Tara started crying. I had to be like, we have to go. (laughs) Okay, so I was talking to him by myself without Robin for about five minutes. And then when Robin approached, there was several more minutes of conversation. So I think that I talked to him for a maybe a little under 10 minutes. The conversation was mundane and it was very surface. I didn't acknowledge for most of the conversation that I knew who he was. So, but as the conversation kept going, I mean, he wasn't cutting us off. It felt like he would have stood there and talked to us all afternoon. It was, it was just everything and every image. We had to shake off Axel Rose. Any, any, of Axel Rose was just like out the window. He was just a normal, nice guy. He treated us with nothing but kindness and interest. He was, he wasn't annoyed by us. And it, I, I did become very overwhelmed at a certain point and, and was losing my composure. And Robin was picking up on that. We're almost there at the number one moment from season two. But right now, let's see what made second place. In our list. All of us come along, it's like everything's falling into place for rock and roll to be awesome. Yeah, and speaking of rock and roll, on this day in 1959, uh, Richie Valens' La Bamba enters the Billboard Hot 100 at number 81. It ended up peaking at number 22 a month later and is regarded as a rock and roll classic. Is that what I think it is? Is that La 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 Bamba? La Bamba. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's see. Let's throw in a uh, a snippet here. Let's rock and roll, Caputo. (laughs) This was metal back then. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is pretty good. <laughs> it's all sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when um Rock was cutting that one promo on Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> he was doing it to the tune of La Bamba. Oh, Eddie, good at all. <laughs> <laughs> just keeps cutting him off. <laughs> Someone YouTube that. That's good shit right there. Oh, man. I put in La Bamba D and La Bamba The Rock was one of the first ones that come up. 
Hang on. Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> you want to shout at the great one, but there's only one problem: is you never told him whether you will cheat or whether you will talk. Arriba, arriba. <laughs> The Rock ain't done the Rock out some more. It goes like this. Guerrero and the Rock in this <laughs> ring will meet. And when it's all over, the Rock whooping ass on Latino heat. Eddie. You know that fucker is probably dying on the inside right then. I was going to say, how can you not corpse at that? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's here. The moment you've all been waiting for. The number one moment from Guns N' Radio Season 2. It's a moment that you guys also voted as the best spoken into existence moment in our Episode 100 awards. If you know, you know. If you don't know, well, here you have it. Well, uh, should we spin the wheel? Yeah, let's spin the wheel. Let's see what we got on tap for next week. Be sure to head over to GN Extra where you can hear stories and shit about my week in the snow and the horrible thing that happened to me this week. So you can laugh at my misery. All right, here we go. No way. Huh? What? Oh no! Holy shit! What the fuck? No! We're we're fucking speaking into existence! What the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my lord. <laughs> I need a minute. I need a minute. Christ. Holy fuck. Why does this happen to us? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that wouldn't happen again. What are the fucking odds? That wouldn't happen again in a million fucking. I didn't recognize it at first. I had to. I was I like, what? Look. Like, wait, what? Something Axel? Like, I thought it was rapid fire. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, that's what I. What?
Alright, that was Anastasia, of course, a slash cover by... Okay, I'm going to fuck this name up horribly and I apologize. Riastat, Riastat, featuring mm -hmm. Shaunacast. And those kids can fucking jam, can they Dude, not? that was pretty fucking impressive. I really liked the vocalist on that track. Like, he really did, like, it did, it did like, his sort of, like, his best mouths, but sort of made it his, his own, especially in the chorus. I feel like, doing that chorus, he sounded like, he, I, it sounded like, like, um... Fuck, wasn't tip my tongue. It sounded like someone like like a, like a pop punk singer on that chorus. It sounded oh, very yeah. like like the, like the vocals sort of in that range. Like sounded very like pop punky, but like it was like really fucking good overall. The like, man, I enjoyed that. Oh yeah, I did too, man. And I uh, enjoyed that, man. Great musical guests. Uh, yeah. Well, except for I don't know, quote unquote Vince Neil and Motley Crue. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I don't know. I watched the tape back, and you seem to be smiling a lot, like you really enjoyed that. Yeah, because I'm trying not to like laugh my. <laughs> off you know i'm trying to be nice to our guest here i i'm trying to be you know civil and a decent human being to vince you know but he wants to shun everyone and everything but meanwhile he should be shitting on himself because he's shit fuck you well, vince i guess we'll see what he has to say for himself in season three i don't oh, know don't worry you can come see me face to face I'll, I'll i'll fucking slap him sideways one thing we haven't talked about tonight is what's the season three premiere gonna be like next week on the show well, um, I believe we mentioned it, I think, last week. <laughs> did we? I, I believe we did. I believe we did. Um, season three, the premiere. Um, you know what? Fuck it. For the third time in Guns N' Rio history, we're going to do it live. We're doing it live, folks. And I don't know. Maybe Vince Neil will come back and try to play another song. Maybe he'll get another chance at redemption. What do oh, you think, Caputo? I, I, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to. He tried doing, <laughs> he tried redeeming himself by trying to do girls, 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 and he freaking, I think, almost like had one of his lungs collapse. I think the other <laughs> lung almost collapsed tonight. Um, I, unless he gets a lung transplant surgery in the next like two week or so, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't know, man. Never say never. That's true, but I mean, with Vince Neil, it's pretty. I don't know. Well, well guys, we're bringing things to an end. With, with Apocalyptic Love uh, for Season 2. It's a finale. And uh, I'm real excited to review this song because I love it. It's one of my favorites. It's uh, a, yeah, it's a quite a good song from a, from a great Slash album, which we haven't really covered much at all in the show. I think they've only covered maybe like one or two songs from here. Uh, if know, I'm trying to remember. I know we did one last thrill, which was on this album. Okay. And I, I think we did one of the bonus tracks, uh, Crazy Life. Okay, yeah, 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 we did Crazy Which I believe life. was the first time we ever had Matt Manzella on the show. Oh, was it? Nice. It was, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember, that was like 51 or 52. And then we that was the one where we did the, the cool Photoshop with the Joker slash. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, see, the Photoshops, it jogs my memory as to what the song was more than the... <laughs> the actual song itself. Song well, you put a, it, it's easier to associate an image with you know something that's just audio you know right right well uh you want to get started let's uh let's jam let's listen to some apocalyptic love we got to get our review get our review brains on because uh, yeah got to get out of rock and roll mode and get into podcaster mode again let's uh, get into it the title track from the first slash mouse Kennedy computers album let's review it this is not it 
This isn't it? No, this is not it. We had to get one more fucking Lebaba for season two, didn't we? Oh, 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 sorry. I mean, it was it was a very good gag. It did make the... It was number two, actually, on our top ten list. If I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, I was going to say, I did the list. I should fucking know this. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to the, the, the list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh. Yes. One last Obama for season two. That's fine. Um, God damn it. Let's let's really get into this fucking review now, or else uh, we're going to be going fucking to a three hour show. It's going to be Monday Night Raw or worse. Oh, man. But better. Are you kidding me? Actually, that's true. Anything's better than that. <laughs> I love that beat drop right there, by the way. Yeah. There's a little bit of wah in there. Like, wah, 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 like Slash oh, from yeah. his wah pedal from, like, I don't know, the 80s. You know? <laughs> or He's like, I remember. He's like, oh, I remember he used to do that shit on Rocket Queen. <laughs> or no, it was like the end of Civil War where you're fucking going to, like, Voodoo Child. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, What's yeah, that? I remember that. I should totally Does he do that again? Is, has he brought that I don't down? think so. Not that I recall. I don't know. So, so this is uh, this is how we kick off the album. By the way, this is the first oh, yeah. track, and uh, I wouldn't be just. I, I know when I first heard it. Of course, I pre-ordered the album long before it came out on iTunes, mm-hmm. and I was not disappointed. Oh jeez, yeah. Not my favorite song on the album by a long shot. It's a very good song so far, though. There, there's definitely there's a lot of good fucking songs in this album. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we're gonna do the lyrics thing. He is there. Uh, I got him pulled up right here. We Read shall start. Some, yeah, start from the fine lyrics. Hang on. Fine, fine lyrics. <laughs> hey, hey, Lord Caputo is here. Fine and lyrics. Written by. to be reciting some beautiful lyrics. <laughs> Thanks. Someone slash featuring Miles Kennedy. And the conspirators. Hey, hey! I said, hey, you, you over there. I see you talking. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> now, make. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Paul Revere. Um, written by Miles <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of British people right now. <laughs> Thanks, Paul Revere. Paul Revere. <laughs> Paul Revere was American, man. Uh, well, fuck him. He's a traitor. <laughs> Just like Benedict Arnold, that piece of shit. Wait, who did you guys rebel against then? France? Uh, yeah, Fran- the French and the English. A little bit of both. Oh, okay. Don't worry. To this day, we still rebel against Quebec, so uh, <laughs> fuck you. Okay. 
All right, right read no, the lyrics. Go. We'll start with the first verse here. I got a real bad feeling. There will be nothing to say. Whole world's going crazy. No, the end is on the way. But we've got one hot minute to do anything you like. To do anything you like. This is the last time. Oh, oh. Don't care how we do it. Just as long as we can love under the same sky. All we got is tonight. All we got is tonight. Could you imagine fucking somebody like in a field somewhere, like at a campsite, and then while you're in mid-bang, you look up, and then the world starts coming to an end, all the stars start to fall and shit, and like, what would you do? Would you try to finish real quick? <laughs> oh, I'd probably already be done anyways. <laughs> <laughs> good answer, good answer, good answer. But also, I think you Loki kind of described like the next Friday the Thirteenth movie. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday the Thirteenth Part like seventy four. I I quit after Jason A. After Freddy versus Jason, I quit. Yeah, I quit. <laughs> yeah, out. after yeah, that was. was uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> eh. Which means. If we're going by continuity, at some point while Jason was, I don't know, frozen or whatever that got him way up into the future, he mm-hmm. thawed out, fought Freddy Krueger, and then got froze again. Only a yeah. fool falls in the same mud hole twice. But Unless yeah. it's like, oh no, it's non-canon. Fuck out of here. Yeah, no, no, it's all canon. You can't, you can't do that. Fuck I was going to say, non-canon is just a shitty excuse for just being a shit person at this point. <laughs> shitty storytelling. Yeah, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but it's not a canon. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> I'm a Motley Crue fan, but it's not canon. coming up, I believe. Oh yeah, here it comes. We're going to slow it down a little bit. We got a guitar, so it's cool. Yeah. Oh, we got a 
Chocolate Club. Nice I'm damn. All right, it's in the rear view now. We said we was going to listen to it, and we did. And, uh, well, our last song of season two has, uh, has officially, uh, we've listened to it now, so fresh on our brains. Let's, uh, let's give our final thoughts on it. What do you say, Caputo? Let's get right into it. I'll, I'll, I'll take the lead on this one. Um, All right. Fucking solid opener. Why this wasn't a single released off the album, beyond me, but I digress. Great song all through. It's just kick-ass from start to finish. Great slash solo. I mean, Winners are not a great slash solo, let's be honest, but still. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, gotta mention, you gotta give credit where credit is due. It's just a great fucking song all around, you know. Keep it simple. Title it, you know, the same thing as your album. It has that theme of, uh, you know, it was 2012, man. Everyone was writing about the fucking the apocalypse. Why not? Yeah. Um, but it's a really good song. It's solid. Um, I would definitely listen to this a lot more. Like, this is one I would not skip. Five out of five for me, man. This is, just, this is fucking good. Oh, wow. I love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love the song. Don't get me wrong. It's not a five out of five for me, unfortunately. It's really close, though. I, I, I would say, first off, uh, I've got a lot of good memories tied to this song because I was so stoked when this album came out. Mm-hmm. I had just gotten a dream job and I was actually working on a company video when this album came out and I downloaded mm-hmm. it uh, kind of a little sneaky on my company computer before mm-hmm. I put it on my iPod just because I didn't want to wait to get signal in the shitty building I was in. <laughs> Uh, I'd been tasked with putting together a video about our company picnic and they'd already provided a lot of footage for me. Like, and I mean a lot, they had like 10 hours of footage to make a three to five minute video. And so I was like, we got some music and they was like, no, just download something off the internet and be done with it. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Sure thing, boss. Fuck it. Sure, bud. <laughs> and, uh, I ended up having apocalyptic love on my computer at that point. So I just threw it on so that if, you know, they pulled my bandwidth and the shit I've been downloading, I can say <laughs> it was for that. And I wouldn't get in trouble. So uh, I used apocalyptic love to make a, a video about the picnic and uh, you know what? Everybody loved it and it was great. And so in my head, I see scenes a lot of, of, of that particular video um, that is now owned by, a major corporation that I don't have access to <laughs> to show it off anymore. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's floating around out there. If you know the people to talk to, they could probably get you a copy of it, but I, uh, I do not have it. So you think Rick but, Dunsford could get a copy of this leak it or something? <laughs> if anybody fucking could, I don't think, I don't think it'll be worth leaking. It's just a bunch of random people at a picnic. <laughs> but see, the company picnic, they had like, they would rent, they would, uh, my boss were billionaires, by the way. They would rent, and I say corporation, it wasn't a mm-hmm. corporation, it was a privately owned company. Mm-hmm. Once a year, they would rent a fucking fair, like a wow. touring rides and all that shit. So they, brought, they brought the circus. Yeah. Yeah, and they'd have bands. Sometimes they had wrestling. They had, they had a carnival as their company picnic. Wow, that's uh, that's so fucking carny. You got wrestling and a carnival. Mm-hmm. That's carny as fuck. What the hell do you work for, Tony Khan? <laughs> uh, 
I'm not going to say on here. I'll tell you later, though. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, I love the song still. It gets a four out of five for me. Right. Uh, the uh, the only thing I can think of is that it's it's overshadowed by one song in particular mm-hmm. uh, on this album is the greatest song on this album. And I can't mm-hmm. rate it higher than that motherfucking song. And when that song comes up in the wheel, well, we'll talk about it. For sure. Faux show, faux show. Speaking of which, you want to spin the wheel and see what we're going to be listening to live next week on our season premiere? Yes, let's spin that wheel. Let's see if it gives us some good shit, or we're going to be roasting something next week, live. I don't know. We'll find out. Thank you for joining us for two whole seasons, guys. Two whole years of this damn show, man. It's flown by. That's right, and we really hope that uh, you guys will be here with us for the third Life's Sweet Drug Snake Alright, well we're not getting away from Slash anytime Soon Life's Sweet Drug is next And my speaker is beeping Indicating that the battery is dead If you've been following the saga Of the speaker here Then you you, you know What's going on here Mm -hmm. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to Paul Stanley the speaker before we leave Oh yeah Where's the fireworks? Where's the fireworks? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you gotta provide the booms. Here we go. I'm gonna do it again. Come on, Bruno. Oh. <laughs> oh shit. Thank you guys for two excellent years. We hope to see you live next week. For the season three premiere of the Guns Radio podcast. Until then, I'm Dustin Bones. I'm Chris Caputo. Join us live next Monday night for the season three premiere. Until then, peace.